summer feels like it's here kind of on the West Coast. It's a bit chilly these days in Vancouver and Victoria, but comedy's back in a big way, which is great. Live shows back at last, just for laughs in Vancouver's running uh, tonight through the 29th through Sunday and featuring a whole bunch of big names, including my next guest, Dana Gould, stand-up comedian, actor, writer, voice artist, podcaster, interviewer. <laughs> He's done just about everything. He's appeared on The Late Show with David Letterman, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Conan. Here he is. Have a listen. I'd like to start the show off with a little marital advice. Don't lose your wedding ring. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I was in one of those, um, what do you call it? Uh, a divorce. <laughs> I lost my ring and my address. And they say when you get married, till death do you part. So I don't so much think of it as getting divorced as that I've somehow cheated death. <laughs> Dana Gould there uh, at another Just for Laughs, earlier Just for Laughs festival a few years back before the pandemic. Um, uh, also a writer for The Simpsons back in the day, a man of many, many, many talents and uh, happy to have him on the show tonight. Dana, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, harder to hit a moving target. That's my theory. <laughs> I don't doubt <laughs> um, Exactly. <laughs> It's so funny uh, to hear that that chunk of material, which was uh, uh, from the end of my last marriage, as I get ready to embark on my second one. Some people never learn. Congratulations! Uh, yeah, I was, I was yeah. wondering what you were doing. Yeah, congratulations! I, I guess that'll be part of the part <laughs> of the material, obviously, since life seems to be part of uh, part of your material always. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Basically, you deal with whatever is going on in your uh, in your life at the time. It's been. It's been interesting having gone through the pandemic, having gone through, you know, a year and a half of you know, <laughs> people sitting in your house all the time, not talking to anybody. It's like, you know, this isn't, I've been a stand-up comedian. I've been socially isolating for my entire career. Um, but uh, you learn, uh, you know, it was interesting to get back out and perform in front of people after all that time off. It was, uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to going to the Rio because... Uh, you miss people. I miss, you yeah. miss a live audience. It's funny. I, 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 because I listened to that a few times cause I isolated it and was watching for different, it wasn't as, I mean, I obviously enjoyed the comedy. What I enjoyed more was the reaction. It was the laughs, you know, it was, it was listening yes. to people react to what you were saying and that made it all the more fun. I feel like we kind of lost that for a little while there. We did. And you know, like I did zoom shows, people would do zoom shows and it's just not the same. There's nothing, there's nothing that beats just being uh, in front of a live audience and getting that feedback in, the, in real time. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll, uh, hopefully. And everybody now, has a, everybody now has a brand new wealth of bizarre and shared experiences to talk about. Everybody has their pandemic stories. So yeah. there's a whole wealth <laughs> of stuff that you can talk about. Um. One of the things that's happened, of course, of late, and, and, and I, I don't imagine comedians talk about this all the time, but of course, the incident at the Oscars, I know you tweeted about it, um, the incident uh, last week as well, the week before, um, do you, are you concerned at all that the mood has changed out there, or is that just simply um, journalist types getting a little carried away? We just lost Dana Gould. We'll, we'll get him back in a second. Yeah, so <laughs> interesting to hear him talk about uh, just being back in front of a live audience after all that time. Uh, one of the other things he pointed out this week, I was just looking through some of this. He's interviewed George Carlin, which in of itself is remarkable. George Carlin, of course, one of the more 
most famous, one of my favorite comedians, uh, but he's interviewed George Carlin because he was a big hero of his. He's worked on The Simpsons. He's a big Kids in the Hall fan. Um, so some Canadian comedy to talk about. But uh, but most importantly, coming up in the Just for Laughs Festival, he's playing Saturday night at the Rio starting at 7 p.m. Uh, so it should be an interesting week. Lots of different people there. Trevor Noah's there as well. Lots of different comedians taking part in uh, this Just for Laughs Vancouver show. Um, what we may do here quickly is try and get Dana back on the phone take a quick break now, unless we do have him back. And then we'll just do the rest of the half hour with Dana Gould as soon as we can, uh, we can hook back up. I only hope that when I do die, <laughs> I have the presence of mind to summon whoever is with me down to my bedside so I can say in those last moments, I buried two million dollars <laughs> underneath the only problem is you have to time it just right otherwise you have to lie there and pretend that you're dead (laughs) dana gould again uh we've we've got him back uh, I was worried I'd offended you, Dan, and you just hung up. Uh, no, I, hasn't see, happened to you. I assumed you thought that you defended me. I assumed that you just got bored and hung up. <laughs> well, neither. So I'm glad you're back. Um, so we, That's yeah, the it's, beauty of my performing is I won't just drop in the middle of it. That's perfect. Um, so yeah, must, again, nice to be back in front of an audience after some after some pandemic time. I was talking earlier about because I was watching your interview with George Carlin. I know you're a big George Carlin fan. He feels even more relevant today than he did 20 years ago. I know that sounds odd, but um, no, it's amazing it, how his jokes keep popping up. It is amazing. In fact, I don't know if you've seen the documentary that HBO has made about him. It's two parts called George Carlin's American Dream and. They just showed the first part. And that is the amazing thing about George Carlin is he he was so ahead of his time. And especially now, here's a guy that was my hero growing up. I mean, he's the reason I wanted to become a comedian. And this guy reinvented himself in the early 70s as that sort of the hippy-dippy guy. And then in the early, late 80s, early 90s, reinvents himself again as this social critic and the stuff that he was doing in those specials in the early 90s to the mid 90s yeah he's talking about today he wasn't even talking about what was going on then he's talking about today every time a news story breaks you can find a piece of george carlin's material that that appeals to it and that's you know that's the goal i i think that people look at uh, as the goal i know a lot of the stuff that i do i hear myself the bit that you just played i can hear george carlin in that stuff. Uh, I, I can see where he influenced me. Yeah. I, you had a funny conversation, a funny exchange. Cause I did, journalists do this too, as you know, cause you, you're, you're a journalist yourself at times, do lots of interviews, um, writing notes and keeping notes about good ideas, like a good story idea or a good joke idea. I didn't realize that comedians write down a good idea and then we'll go back to it years later because it'll be relevant. Yes. Like they'll find the time for that line. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll, uh, I keep a notepad by my bed and I'll have an idea like and I'll scribble it down in the dark and then I'll, and then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, honey, what was submarine toast? I, I haven't <laughs> written down here. I don't know what it means. 
<laughs> I can't read my own writing, so it makes it even worse when I do that. So I'm like, what, just, scrib just to scribble. Uh, it's funny because you also worked on another sh on another uh, show uh, that is famed for be for predicting the future, The Simpsons. Uh, you worked on <laughs> yes. The Simpsons for a long time. That must have been that must have been quite the experience uh, coming from stand up comedy into into that room. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was because when I started to work at The Simpsons. I was already an established comedian. I had done Letterman and I had an album and a lot of TV. You know, I'd been on Seinfeld. I'd done a lot of stuff. And I starred in a lot of pilots uh, for television series. As I used to say, I had my hand in more failed pilots than an Air Force proctologist. And uh, what I found over the years is that I enjoyed writing them more than acting in them. The acting in them was almost an afterthought. And so I decided to focus just on writing. By that time, I just got married, just bought a house, and the idea of just being a regular person with a job seemed very appealing. And uh, I was very, 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 very fortunate to get hired at The Simpsons. But, you know, I go into that room, and I, you know, I was a minor celebrity as a, you know, there's the A-list and the B-list. I was the L-list. But... Uh, there is their true, own world, course, and, you yes, know, yeah. I really had yeah. to sublimate my own ego and sort of learn, learn the ropes. And it, uh, you know, it took six months just to figure out how to write the their their algorithms, for lack of a better term, to figure out how to write jokes for the show. And then, what's really interesting about it is, however. Wherever you are, you end up writing about yourself. The first episode I wrote was in season thirteen. It was called Homer the Mo, and it was about Homer taking over Mo's bar while Mo was out of town. And it was based on my dad, who was a bartender when I was a kid. You know, it's like right. you go all that way, and then you end up just telling a story that is about yourself. It's very interesting. And then I know you wrote an episode about uh, when they go to China to adopt. That's also something that you've done as well. Um, so, I yeah, did. It's interesting. And that yeah. episode yeah. is banned in Hong Kong. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is quite irreverent. I've watched it. <laughs> I at least watched <laughs> yeah. sections of it. It, it is, uh, it is quite irreverent. Um, if you yeah, are in to... Hong Kong and you want to watch that episode, you can't. No way. No way. Yeah. What did you learn? To, what did you learn? To, I mean, you've done so much different stuff over the years. Uh, in many ways you've reinvented yourself in different careers. What's it been like? What do you think when you, when you hit the stage in front of a live audience, what do you take from all that experience? Or do you just go back mm -hmm. to doing sort of the stand-up routine that you've sort of worked out and, and, or do you share a lot of what you've learned over the years? Oh, with, no, uh, with the well, yeah. You know, what I've tried to do is ex it, to do as many different things so that I can never really excel in any of them. <laughs> 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 I just want to be mediocre in seven things. Uh, no, what I found is, you know, I was a stand-up comedian. That's what I did. And, and that's what I still consider myself. I'm a stand-up comedian who writes or I'm a stand-up comedian who might act in something, but I'm really just a stand-up comedian at heart. Um, I make my living as a writer now, and that allows me to do stand-up when I, when I want to, where I want to, I'm still writing constantly the way I always have as a stand-up. I don't know how to do anything else. Even, you know, I'm working on a TV series right now. I'm finishing writing a movie right now. I'm still doing stand-up. It's, what I do to stay sane, you know, I have to kind of go out there and, and do it. 
Um, I did it last night here in L.A. I'll do it Saturday night at the Rio in Vancouver. And it sort of keeps me sane. I'm very lucky that my, uh, you know, my hobby is other people's jobs that I, because of my other career as a writer, I can really just do it because I love it. And that's that's a very fortunate place to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've worked you worked really hard. At, it, it's it's sometimes it's tough to jump into things you're not going to be particularly good at at the beginning and try them out again, like writing for a, writing for The Simpsons, for instance. Oh, uh, it was so, I mean, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Terrible because also it's like they're the it's The Simpsons. It's like uh, did you watch Get Back? Like, uh, yeah, I did. The, the, the I did. Yes. You know yeah. when you see Billy Preston when he walks in and he sits yeah. down at the keyboards like. Okay, I guess I'm playing with the Beatles today. That's yeah. what it's like. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, no kidding. I don't want to be the guy that ruins the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you had worked, I mean, I guess it was a very different environment when you worked with Ben Stiller back in the early 90s because you were all buddies, right? And um, the Ben yeah. Stiller show, yeah. excellent show. That uh, show but, was, but that would, yeah, that show was staffed in his living room. We were the people over his house hanging out. When he got the word that the show got picked up, (laughs) that was just an extension of my social life. Uh, The Simpsons was, I went in and I was, you know, the new, the new fish. Well, it was, um, you've done a lot of other things recently though. I mean, you, you, you adapt a lot. So you've been doing podcasts. I watched a a movie review you did of a great movie from the eighties called how to get ahead in advertising, which I haven't seen in a long time and have to watch again. Um, so it must, I mean, you really seem to be able to just kind of dabble and do the things you like to do. Talk about the things you like to talk about the whole podcasting YouTube, uh, phenomenon must've offered you some Liberty too, to just be able to talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah. You know, I've all, my passion in life, you know, outside of, you know, my comedy career and stuff is as a kid, I'm just a movie guy. I'm not really into sports. I love monster movies and horror movies and you know weird weird cult movies and and punk rock and you know that was my area of interest and uh i just the great thing about having a podcast which i've had a podcast now that dana gould hour for 11 years never an hour um (laughs) but it allowed me to just explore the areas that i enjoy and so in that regard it's not really work you know it's a lot like the late great Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, the amazing colossal podcast. No one's paying me to do my podcast. So I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And, you know, I love to talk about just weird, obscure movies right you know, right now. I'm talking about in the one, the new one I'm doing Soylent green, the Charlton Heston oh, cannibalism. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and there's a classic for stuff. you. I, yeah. I like, I, you know, and it it might not be for everybody, but I'm not out there. I don't have to sell vitamin supplements and I'm not, uh, I, and I try to keep it in the way that, uh, it, it's, if you like this stuff, it's there to talk about. I'm not, I'm not interested in socioeconomic division for yeah. my own personal thing. There's plenty of that and you know where to go and get it. Not what I'm into. I always love Soylent Green because it went through that phase where the first time I saw it, it was awful. Like, it was just truly horrendous. We watched it because it was so bad. And now it's, you know, now it's yeah. a classic because it's a classic. Yeah, you know, yes. it's, uh, and, it just is. Yeah. And the Omega Man. He made the Omega Man yes. and Soylent Green. About the, uh, one, he's the only person on Earth. The other one, the Earth is over. Neither one of them worked in the time and they're both classics now, which is amazing. 
So yeah. uh, tell me a bit about, about just about, I mean, obviously <laughs> I've been to comedy shows, but uh, what can fans expect or what can people expect on, on Saturday? What's um, without giving away uh, anything, but uh, uh, no, I, I guess fine. you have, I will, you know, it's, I'm talking about the stuff that's going on in my life at the moment. And I'll give you an example of something that uh, I'll probably discuss only because it happened for real. I, uh, I made a mistake the other day and called my brother. Uh, ah. I have four brothers, three of whom I like, one of whom is kind of a jerk. <laughs> and, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you guess which brother is a police officer, but it's that thing where you call the wrong brother, and now I'm stuck on the phone trying to think of what to say because I can't just go, oh, I meant to call the other one and hang up. You have to pretend you <laughs> wanted to talk to him. And so I literally was talking about my daughter. I said, well, he has kids and I have kids. I'll talk about kids for two minutes and I'll get off the phone. And I say, well, we got Eleanor, my daughter, we got her vaccinated. So she has all of her shots and all of her boosters now. And my brother literally says, not a lie. Well, we're not going to do that around here. We're going to keep our DNA intact. So funny thing is my daughter, Eleanor is adopted because I can't get far enough away from my DNA. (laughs) <laughs> you look at my, why did I adopt? Let me look at my family. Religious weirdo, gun nut, biker, boozer, dead tooth, too many cats, the guy who talks to his truck. I think I adopted because genetically I'm a poison factory. You know, there's a reason these things happen. And uh, it's, it's, he's a, you know, he's an anti-vaxxer. And what are you going to say? You have to deal with these people in your life. And yeah, his and it's reasoning of, is, yeah. yeah and his reasoning is, well, I don't know how it works. Exactly. That's why we have people smarter than you. So we can have fun stuff like airplanes and heart surgery. I don't know how zippers work. But every day I put <laughs> my faith in the science. Peter <laughs> Gould, the Rio in Vancouver, Saturday, 7 p.m. It'll be great to have you back in uh, in a country full of comedians. It's always fun to have uh, to have I... one from uh, just a little bit. Boston, you know, I'm from Montreal, so not too far away. There you go. Yeah, just down the hill. I could. I know who Ken Dryden is. We could have there that conversation. We'll do. We'll do it next time. <laughs> no, well, thank yeah, you so much. I love, uh, I love Vancouver. I'm really looking forward to coming up. And thanks for having me on. Sorry about the technical glitch back then. Not at all. It happens all the time. Thanks. For, thanks for calling back. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. There you go.